It's the Chopping It Up Welcome to episode six of the Shopping It Up podcast, a podcast about race, race, and race. I am Noah Filipiak. I love to talk about my blog at a crossroads. Oh, Lord. Blog, blog, blog. Everyone here loves to read my blog, and you should read it too, Tyler. There you go. No, no, thank you. He gets views because they actually have a... That's the only online blog you can read in prison. So he gets, he gets <laughs> views and, from that. Kyle, how's that coffee you're drinking? It tastes like burnt dirt water. Come on, let me say this. Black people. Here we go. Oh, wow. Here we go. Here's Starting off with a bang. Okay. Black people right. like to drink sissy little child coffee. They like to fill wow. it with creamer. Mm and sugar like it's chocolate milk or kool-aid uh or like wow. tyler they don't even get coffee they just ordered the wow. frappa lappa chino mocha we know i can't believe uh, this is what we're hearing uh, and and my question is why why is that why can't you just drink coffee like a man drinking black you know what man up this reminds me of wow the year 1619 <laughs> when the slaves were brought over that's exactly what that reminds me of. I've never felt such a racist vibe in my Man. life. Man, that was that was a, that was that was a very nasty undertone. Very nasty undertone. We're here to speak truth. Yeah, <laughs> the truth. Wow. I'm sorry, my black brothers and sisters. This is why. This is why he has no black friends. <laughs> exactly. I got Brian Lorenz. I mean, don't That's let him. Not true. That'll be my first question to. Pastor Brian on my interview is why black people put so much creamer in their coffee. <laughs> He's gonna be like, um, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I have better things to do. Uh, well, we'll see. Well, we have an amazing show for you, listeners, today. Uh, I don't know about that. Let me give you a rundown. I'm counting all the lies. Let me give you a rundown. We have no (laughs) trending topic. Nothing is trending in the world of race right now. Maybe that's a good thing. Nobody's died. Mm, That's good. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Let me me take the back. No, no, you're right, though. But I'm sure there has been deaths, and (laughs) there has not been a, 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 a videotaped, uh, you know, videotape to the public media mm-hmm. sort of death for us to, to watch. So, yeah. uh, so we'll say it that way. Um, but that, but that's a good thing that there hasn't been um, with the dash cams and body cams that are out there. Nothing has been caught on Twitter. We'll put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And next, we would do our our mailbag section. Send some mail. Here's some depressing news. <laughs> The truth is, nobody sent mail. Nobody sent mail. <laughs> Where is Justin Case? I'm gonna call my mama and tell her to send us. Where is email. Joel Clark? Where <laughs> is I will have Ky- to, Where's I'll, Kyle's mom? I will have to walk her through. She knows how to use email. <laughs> she was sent us an actual Go to letter. Google. Kyle <laughs> 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 sent us a, a letter. 
Actually, we got a, we did get a letter here. Uh, uh -oh. We got an email. Just came in. Just appeared. Line number two. It's from Benjamin Franklin. Franklin okay. Smith. And Benjamin Franklin Smith wants to know why is Tyler so mean and grumpy all the time? And they, th Benjamin Franklin Smith says it's a bad uh, testimony of Jesus. <laughs> what do you have to say about that, Tyler? Benjamin's and time. they said, uh, they said yeah, he needs to be nicer to Noah because Noah is a little angel. And the lie detector determined that was a lie. <laughs> He's he's worse than the presidential candidates with these uh he is these lies and conspiracy theories. He is. Like I'm I think there's a, a pastors for Trump on the back of Noah's car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I figured as much. If you don't like my country, you can get out. <laughs> Let's oh. make America great. If you don't like my country, Tyler, you can get out. Let's make America white again. Uh, get out of my country. Which we'll I don't know where I don't know where to go. <laughs> right. Oh, well, then stand up during the anthem and keep your mouth shut. I usually don't pay attention. <laughs> so those slaves that you freed will be hung by midnight. Please scratch that from the record. We are referring to some previous episodes we have done about the Colin Kaepernick kneeling uh, during the anthem, which does bring us to our, our one uh, scheduled segment we have today, which is our topic of the day. And it is what we're going to talk about right now. Uh, and by the way, if you want to email us, you can do that. We would encourage that. At the Chopping Up Podcast at gmail.com. If you email us, we'll have less nonsense that we have to talk about. Uh, so our topic of the day, and then we'll we'll see if Black Superman still wants to talk to us or if he's dis ditched us like all of our emailers. I think he's mad at you, bro. Well, he's mad at Tyler. I know that. He loves Tyler. He's no. not mad at Tyler. Oh, he's mad at you. Tyler was the one who said he couldn't be on the show. But trust me, I've been counseling Black Superman for the last two weeks. Trust me, he's not an easy person to counsel. He has a lot of issues. Black Superman loves Tyler and I. The only one that kicked him off the show was you. Now, Tyler know not know not to piss off a black guy with powers. I mean, come on. We have this recorded. We can we can go we can go listen to what Tyler said recorded All right. in the last episode. Okay. So today's that episode, wasn't me. We are <laughs> today's episode. We are talking about this. I guess it's a quote, but it's just more of an idea that we don't have a race problem, we have a sin problem, and the solution is Jesus. And I'll give you just a little back story of how that first came up on our podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go back, I guess, to the Dabo Swinney. I mentioned him. He's the Clemson head coach. This was the week of Colin Kaepernick's first time kneeling, and, and someone had asked Coach Dabo if uh, what he thought of this, and he's a sounds like according to his comments of you know outspoken christian and he was talking about the gospel and about sin and then he made some other comments about how uh i'm paraphrasing here but about how protesting 
actually causes race problems. It doesn't solve anything. Oh, okay. And he, he did say if he did say that if someone doesn't like our country, they should leave. Uh, and oh, and okay. then he also said, uh, you know, we don't have a race problem. We have a sin problem. And, you know, he, he gave up. I, I think a pretty, um, you know, bold declaration in, uh, to national media and ESPN and all this stuff about Jesus being the our savior and, and that we need forgiveness of our sins and Jesus. Uh, but in but it was it was that was the way to dismiss uh, the the race problem. And so we're going to talk about today that today because all three of us here are followers of Christ. Uh, we're all in, in full time ministry. Except for you. <laughs> right. We're praying for Tyler still. So if, if listeners, if you could, uh, we're going to have a prayer vigil actually coming up on October 28th for Tyler. Uh, it's a prayer and fasting day that he'll finally accept the Lord. Finally believe that Jesus yeah. was a white man. Tyler was on the Pastors <laughs> of Detroit reality show recently. If you Live. This man. Preachers wow. of Detroit. Preachers the reformed of Detroit. edition. <laughs> reformed Preachers of Detroit. Tyler and Mike Hanafi in a reality show together. No. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk let's talk about this this quote because it's come in in some emails uh, and and oftentimes you you do hear this in uh, especially I would say white evangelical circles being a white that's person, the only people that says that correct. those are the only people that say that Be, right. being a white person I, I I did bring a book with me that I'm gonna read from we, of course we like oh to read. lord uh, there we go so I'll, I'll get to that in a second but uh Tyler boring <laughs> boring well, I have my little book and uh, I have proof why don't you start? why don't you start there pastor St. Clair um I hate that when people say that. Stop drinking beer. <laughs> actually, actually, it's um, Slits malt liquor. Um, <laughs> I uh, I hate when people say that. That I it, um, it's it's funny that people, the same people who say personal responsibility, personal responsibility, personal responsibility. Um, I think they use that as a phrase to kind of skate personal responsibility um personal responsibility needs to be in the black community and all these fathers need to do this and you know black on black crime but they refuse to um own the systematic um systems of, of racism and injustice and oppression and um just the sliding scale of of crap that that minorities have to deal with and and when you say well, well, well it, it's not no 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 it's just it's just a sin problem it's a sin problem so people need to be held responsible for um the things that they've done so that that's first and then um also it's bigger than that because again it, it's it's not just one person who um is a racist you know these people are are, are in power and they use their prejudice and they use their racism and they use their bigotry to um, create laws, to create philosophies, to create uh, uh, ways that people think, you know, and they spew that mess. And then that, that's how you get, you know, a Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. Um, that's not just, well, oh, it's, a, it's a sin problem. No, it, it's people who share those thoughts and share those views um, and put him on the pedestal. 
and that was not an endorsement. And that was not an endorsement of Hillary Clinton either. So. <laughs> right. Let me get exactly. that out. Let me get let me get that out the way. We get that out the way right now. <laughs> and you know, one thing to to point out at the very beginning of this is that for Tyler and Kyle and myself, all all three of us believe that everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs the gospel, and that literally we could say Jesus is the answer to every problem in the world. I mean, he is the answer. The gospel is the answer. Uh, it's the, he, Jesus is the answer to every, uh, you know, the, the dad that abandoned, the, the black dad in the in the ghetto that abandons his family. You know, that guy does need Jesus. And so so does the, the, the racist, uh, you know, uh, white person, maybe the, the redneck, but, it, but also the, just the person that's apathetic to all this and doesn't, and just turns a blind eye to it all. That person needs Jesus yeah. as well. Um, and, and that Jesus is a huge part. I think of John Perkins, right? He's the he's a just awesome example of this. So if you're not familiar with John Perkins, he's in his 80s now. He's a black guy. Uh, you you got to read anything you can find of his. Uh, his his autobiography is um, Let Justice Roll Down, and mm-hmm. he talks about being. He's in Mississippi doing civil rights uh, peace marches back in the 60s with some youth, with teenagers, and, and he's like mm-hmm. a church leader. And they all get arrested. He gets beaten literally within an inch of his life by these Branson, Missouri police officers. And he talks about looking in their eyes and seeing the hate, just the vehement hate they had for him as they're, they're killing him with billy clubs. They're just killing him with billy clubs. And remember, they've arrested him with a bunch of literally kids and teenagers who are in the jail cell with him. And he says, I wanted to respond in hate. You know, I wanted to hate them back, but I would become the same monster that they were if, if I did that. And he realized yeah. that the only way he could respond was with the, the forgiveness and the reconciliation that Jesus showed to him on the cross. And from then on, that's what propelled him straight into the fray of racial reconciliation. It, it propelled him straight into the fray of uh, systemic, you know, uh, fighting against systemic injustice so yeah. be- because of the gospel, because of what Jesus did in his life. And he proclaims the saving gospel of Jesus, and then he also displays what that gospel looks like lived out. Uh, what we often see on the, the, the white side of things, and I think this is what, whether he meant to or not, Dabo Swinney was, was getting at, is the gospel, it becomes... In those contexts, it becomes, instead of with John Perkins, a jump into the fray, it becomes an excuse to ignore the fray altogether. Mm-hmm. That the fray doesn't exist, uh, that I can tell you truth about Jesus and that you need him to forgive you of your sins, and we don't need to talk about all of the injustice you go through and even how I am in part of perpetuating that. And it doesn't need to be one or the other it, it doesn't it doesn't need to be but um i have some stuff i want to read so if you want to jump in well, go ahead. before i do go for it so i'm telling you white evangelicals you've got to read divided by faith it is just a fantastic book michael emerson christian smith uh the second chapter it goes through evangelical racial thought and practice from 1700 through 1964. so just a couple g- general observations they make from their research it says Evangelicals view their primary task as evangelism and discipleship. Tyler, you are a zoo animal. Stop eating spicy Cheetos. You are so That's ridiculous. my dog. 
Stop eating spicy Cheetos. Hey, I would have pork rinds into your right microphone now. while we are talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. Take a picture of that for the Instagram. <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus. And you have your big ugly mouth open. You have spicy. He drinking a 48 Cheetos. Cheeto powder all down your beard. I'm hungry. Like the Read the book. Eat. You are ridiculous. Read the book. Man. He's a racist. How can I work in these conditions? <laughs> Man. He's a racist. It's urban ministry, baby. <laughs> because evangelicals view their primary task as evangelism and discipleship, which that's like every church's mission statement. They tend to avoid issues that hinder these activities. Thus, they are generally not countercultural. Skipping down, this avoidance of bo uh, boat rocking unwittingly leads to granting power to larger economic and social forces. It also means that evangelicals' views, to a considerable extent, conform to the socioeconomic conditions of their time. Evangelicals usually fail to challenge the system, not just out of concern for evangelism, but also because they support the American system and enjoy its fruits. So, mm -hmm. let's start there. Should evangelicals challenge the system? Is that biblical? Yeah, I, 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 um, we're 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 doing a short series, um, in the Minor Prophets, and uh, I'm preaching on Amos, uh, Amos five this week, and just studying Amos. Uh, it's funny how um, just the parallels um, from Amos's ministry and today, um, Israel was actually in a time of great prosperity and. Uh, tranquility, but the main issue that uh, Amos saw was there was a a lot of injustice going on. They were taking advantage of the poor. They were taxing the poor. They were um, exploiting them greatly. So, um, what he did was he 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 uh, spoke judgment, and he said because of the way you're exploiting the poor and because of the way that uh, you're taking advantage of them. That's going to be the um, reason God's judgment falls on uh, on Judah. So uh, we absolutely should speak out against uh, injustice, and we should speak out against oppression um, when we see it. But the problem is, most uh, the average uh, average person who lives in the suburbs with their 2.5 kids and you know uh, 20 soccer games a week and you know, ballet and all that stuff, they're too busy to see it or just don't see it. Yeah. How can you speak out against something you don't see? Yeah. I, man, after talking about this for so long and just the different debates and just me sitting back, drawing conclusions from the, the white evangelicals that I, that I come across that really deny the fact of of the things that's going on or the systemic racism that's actually happened are the same white evangelicals that really don't have a close black friend or they, yeah. they've never mm -hmm. been in the hood, they've never immersed themselves into the culture. As a matter of fact, I, I've had the same conversation uh, with a couple of white guys that that was like, yeah, man, you know, I, there's, there's not a race problem. It is a sin problem. And they feel like they have... Uh, validation because they listen to black Christian hip-hop artists and they think they know the <laughs> culture because they see it on YouTube or TV but in fact if you don't have a black friend that can tell you his perspective or if you have mm -hmm. been in the hood if you serve in the hood 
Uh, but, you know, you're not able to see that be- because uh, the same white guys, man, they go to a predominantly white uh, church in the suburbs. And the only yeah. urban outreach they do is probably go to the hood to serve, but link up with another church once a year, probably for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. you think you, you know, in, in order to understand what we go through, I, I know one thing at, at, at our church, um, Noah and Kurt, they, they, and, and even at Restore, you guys, Tyler, Mike, and, and, and uh, 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 don't say it, don't say it, Billy, I almost said it, Billy, go, listen, man. I like Cleet. Man, Cleet is my dude, but, yeah. but you guys speak about these issues in, in, in the setting of when we gather together as a congregation. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's and you see that as people start to uh, hear these things over the pulpit, then they have questions. And I've had people that come up to me like, "Yo, Kyle, what was your experience? Was this? Did you have to go through that?" And then at that moment of telling them, and or if they heard another perspective from another black person, they're like, "Wow, I didn't know that was going on. Now I want to learn more about this." But mm-hmm. you're gonna stay in the same spot of of this bias if you just. If you're not seeking to know the truth or to understand the truth is just out here. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you about two, this is people that, you know, the research of divided by faith, but two prominent names, well, kind of three, you know, evangelical history. One of them is Billy Graham, who's most recent. Uh, Tyler, have you ever heard of George Whitfield? If yeah, I'm read about him a little bit. Yeah, he he was a he was a. Um, it's funny. I, I hear his name, and he was one of the greatest preachers right. that ever walked the face of the earth. One of the greatest evangelical preachers, and he helped start the Great Awakening. And he also encouraged Georgia to get involved in the slave trade. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy so. the stuff that these. Uh, these researchers on his life have, you know, in this book. So George Whitfield uh, was back in the 1700s, and he is one of the founders of Methodism. So uh, he founded, you know, what Methodist Church, the Methodist Church, and one of the founders of the evangelical movement. So the whole movement of evangelicalism, and yeah, he um, started the helped start the Great Awakening. Um, it says in here, this is just on Wikipedia, it said he was probably the most famous religious figure of the 18th century. So, that, that, I mean, that's, that's, that says a lot. Now, Divided by Faith talks about, because of his preaching, uh, this is from, uh, quote, quoting, this isn't their words, this is quoting something from the 1700s. Negroes began entering the churches in much larger and accelerating numbers. And so he's preaching this message of equality in Christ and sharing salvation with the slaves. That 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 falls in line with, we don't have a race problem, we have a sin problem, right? So he's, right. he's preaching the gospel to slaves. He's preaching salvation to slaves, but he also was a supporter of slavery. It says that Whitfield was convinced that for the heathen African, quote, bondage was their best insurance for salvation. So slavery was... So check this out. Slavery was an evangelism tool that's that's what he just said it's how blacks will get saved is through slavery uh what is more it it goes on um there's a ton in here but what tyler was just getting at is that whitfield in 1741 he testified before parliament in support of the introductory of slavery in georgia 
he, you, you got the guy who's the ma- the most uh, famous um, evangelical, the most famous Christian of the century, and he gets slaves instituted into the state of Georgia. Uh, he had an orphanage there. Part of his argument was that the orphanage would not survive without the benefit of slaves. Lord and have mercy. Also, uh, he said <laughs> the unsaved uh, consist the unsaved would become saved with slavery, and they. We have to. Jonathan Edwards was another one uh, during that time period. Many people quote mm-hmm. owned slaves and was a part of the the Great Awakening. Uh, I'll read this this last just quote generally about evangelicalism. It says efforts to evangelize we have seen led Christians to support the wider racialized status quo. To challenge the very foundations of the larger system was simply not part of their worldview. Hmm. They tried to get Nat Turner to preach the word, and you see how that ended up. <laughs> There's that. There's that. I mean, it's funny you, you actually read these quotes because one of the things I was going to bring up was, like, just because my white brothers and sisters think you have Jesus, the masters who owned us also uh, called themselves Christians, but they did not see that oppressing black people in slavery was actual sin. And we have modern day slavery that we try to talk about. If you don't know what modern day slavery, what I'm referring to, you need to read The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. So you can just have a glimpse of these systems that's just keeping us oppressed. And you know, it's just, it's, it's just different forms of, of prejudice that's in America. I mean, yeah. you know, be, be true be true with yourself. I want you guys, to, I want each and every white listener to, to ask themselves this question. You're at a red light. It's 9 p.m. You see a black guy about to cross the street. He's got, he got a passion car. At that moment, do you ask yourself, should I lock my doors? Or are you watching them more closely? Okay. Now, you're at a red light. You see a white guy. He got a passion car. What are you thinking at that moment? Be true with yourself. You're thinking, oh, okay. And you, you're back looking on your phone. I guarantee you. Most of you, <laughs> most of you know what I'm talking about. Don't text and, and drive. And that same, that same thought is what I mean. The country has painted us to be criminals that we need to be tamed as animals. Yeah. And that's the same way they looked at us as slaves. Modern day slaves. Christians should obey the law which permitted and protected slavery and not get involved in merely temporal matters such as slavery abolition. Sorry to jump in, Tyler. Go ahead. Who said that? that? This is uh, just based on the, uh, the research, this would have been mid-1800s. There's, uh, oh, okay. uh, there's this, this is on page 35 of the book. There's a, literally a, uh, a poster. This is reprinted. Uh, a poster, Why Christians Should Support Slavery. And there's biblical reasons. Uh, <laughs> Abraham, Canaan, the Ten Commandments, slavery. Uh, all these things. This is literally a, a, a poster that was going around churches in the middle of the 1800s. There was charitable and evangelistic reasons they should support slavery, social reasons they should support slavery. 
uh, political reasons. So, um, how about that? Yeah, it, it, it's sad that that um, we even have to still have these conversations. Um, when when you look at when you look at a a church and a church system and a seminary system that was right. literally built on segregation, um, built on uh, systematic and institutional um, racism of, of, of literally not not allowing blacks to come in and worship. Um, so it, it's you can't say well well it, it's 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 not a it's not a race problem it's a sin problem. No, it's a problem that that we're still even having this conversation, right? Um, and, and we can't and we can't move forward because we won't address the elephant in the room. We want to. We can't address the fact that the, these people that you say, well, that 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 have sin in their heart. These people are in positions of authority. These positions are pastoring. These people are pastoring churches. These people are are law enforcement. Law enforcement. These people are in the justice system. These same people that have this sin, um, they are using it to do a lot of damage to minorities. Mm -hmm, yeah. And what I don't understand, you know, I, I don't know how you can read Divided by Faith and then not feel as a Christian. And, and John Perkins would make the point that this is true on the black side as well. Uh, I feel like I, could, I can speak more uh, strongly to the white side of things but how can we as white christians read this and then not think that we have a biblical kingdom gospel mandate to undo what the white church literally did for i mean what what we created was the segregated church we created yeah. um black seminaries and black churches because we wouldn't allow them in our churches literally we wouldn't allow and it, it even says in here that Christians saw the separate white Christians saw the separation as positive and part of God's design. Once once black Christians started starting their own, you know, seminaries and and churches, this is in the 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. How do we feel like I had a Christian guy say this to me? Um, nothing that happened in the past is uh, is his responsibility. He doesn't. There's there's no. I mean, how do we how do we not think that our act of that. that <laughs> These sins, you know, it's funny because the quote is, it's not a race issue, it's a sin issue. Yeah, and th this is a sin. <laughs> like, these are sins. And so here's, a, here's an example. This is a modern example. And uh, we, we had a friend of ours, Pastor Derek Knox. He's a black guy, and their uh, church planter, their church shares a building with ours. He preaches quite frequently at Crossroads. And uh, he did a sermon. We, uh, we had him preach in July after the Alton Sterling and Philando Castile shootings. And he talked about what it's like to be a black man in America uh, and talked about some of the things we talked about on you know, similar experiences that Tyler, you've talked about and Kyle, you've talked about. And um, it was an excellent sermon. And the point of his sermon was we can't expect the world to do things the church is not willing to do. And that's very true, right? We can't expect the world to do things that the church isn't willing to do. Yeah. And it's not like any white person in our church that day said, okay, I'm leaving the church because you just talked about that stuff. But uh, Kurt and I were just talking, our other uh, elder here, um, co-pastor with me, we were just talking this week about how there's several white folks from our church that stopped coming 
and it was right at that time. We just we haven't seen them since then. They never told us what's going. You know that that was the reason. Some have given us other reasons. Uh, some just haven't talked to us at all. Um, but the the thing that gets me is we can talk about sin in church if it's like you know um, don't be prideful. Okay, don't steal. You know, um, don't commit adultery. Those are sins that most people are okay talking about in church. And then you talk about this sin, this sin that, you know, Pastor Derek has a very different life in America than I have. And then people leave the church. Because Pastor Derek is a liar, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. He's full of crap, right. you know? They're like, don't talk about that, that, that social stuff in church. Well, he's talking about sin in church. And is that not what the gospel is meant to do is eradicate sin? So we have to talk about it and <laughs> say this is the, the work of the church. But it's uh, so it's not like this just happened in the 1700s or the early 1900s. This is that was in July. Yeah. 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 Well, it, 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 it's 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 funny because um, a lot of a lot of white guys. I mean, if, if you're if you're a white man in America, why do you have to talk about race? Right. Why? Why are you? Why are you forced to? It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't um, affect you personally because your experiences aren't similar. So it's easy for you to shut down and just say it don't happen. It didn't happen that way. It's no such thing as systematic racism. You can have those. You, you can have that 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 attitude because uh, you're you're a white man in, in this country, and historically you've always been at the head of the table. No one else has that. No one else has that same benefit. Even even white women, white women don't have that same benefit. You know, no no other no other minority does. So, yeah, and, and I agree a hundred percent. You can we can talk about we can talk about homosexuality. We can we can talk about all other types of sin. But when when race comes up, oh well, it's not a race issue. It's a sin issue. Yeah, it's called prejudice. You know, and um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it's uh, James chapter three. It says it talks about um, do not be partial. You know, treat everyone the same. Don't be partial to someone because um, they they're more affluent or they have more wealth than than than, than someone who's poor. Um, so partiality it's a sin. So why can't we talk about that sin? Mm -hmm. And then the church isn't being the church. That's the thing. If a if yeah. a black pastor gets up in front of a mostly white church and shares about their experience and how it's sin in our world and, and the effects of sin, right? Other people sinning against him and his experience with that. And then the white, the, I would say the white part of the body of Christ, if you look at, you know, texts such as 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the body of Christ and just the intricacy of it. And then you have literally this whole section of the body, which happens to be, uh, culturally dominant section of the body says, okay, well, the I don't experience that because I'm a white male, and therefore, and this is what goes back to Dabo Swinney, him, him saying, we live in a great country. Well, yeah, it's a great country if you're a white male. It's a great country. Right. Uh, and so the body of Christ doesn't think that way. That's the way the world thinks. That's the way powerful white men are supposed to think. That's not the way the body of Christ thinks. We are one body, and you look at the early church, and you had you had people of all ethnicities, if you read Acts 2. You had Jews and Gentiles. You had everyone from the zealots 
who were trying to kill, you know, Romans to converted Romans uh, in the church. And you had tax collectors, you had prostitutes, you had all these people. And, and over and over again, the church, the, the, the letters of the New Testament say, be one in Christ, live at peace with one another, reconcile with one another, uh, be in harmony with one another. Don't go start new churches, but learn how to be a community together. And what that means is uh, Derek's, Pastor Derek's experience as my brother in Christ, I'm in solidarity with him. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, I, I have to internalize that as the experience of uh, what it means to be you know, human in America. And that's just something, why do we, that, that shouldn't be written off by the church. That should be most embodied in the church. We feel each other's pain because we're a part of the same body. The body feels the pain of other body parts. Yep. And, oh, go ahead, bro. I, w- I was just going to read, uh, <laughs> since we're reading today. Uh, <laughs> there was a book, guys, that I, I read. It's called Black and Reform by Dr. Tony Carter. I think I said it before. But uh, he actually talks um, a lot about the evangelical division. Uh, and since you brought up what happened in the 1900s, I want people to see, like, even before then, like, the, the same. We've been dealing with this even in the 1700s when it comes to our, our dealings as blacks within the black church. So listen to this. Um, now, the background of this is, uh, I, I think, Tyler, you know of him. This is uh, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones. Um, and uh, 1786, Richard Allen actually went to St. George Methodist Church, uh, which was in Philly. He was there for a preaching engagement, right? So listen to this. Uh, so he made it to Philadelphia. Uh, he made Philadelphia his home. A year later, St. George had just finished a remodeling project in which a balcony had been constructed, whereas the seating prior to the construction of the gallery had not been segregated. The gallery allowed for a shift in the seating. The unbeknownst to Allen and other African-American congregants, they would no longer be allowed to sit on the main floor. So on that Sunday following the construction, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones walked into the sanctuary to take their regular seating. As the service began, they knelt in prayer, only to have Jones be pulled up by one of the trustees who told him, you must get up. You must not kneel here. Under the threat of being physically removed, Jones and Allen left the main sanctuary, and according to Allen, they all went from the church in one body, and they were no more pl- and they were no more plagued with us in that church. And then in 1794, Richard Allen and Absalom Jones founded two African American churches in Philadelphia, St. Thomas <laughs> African Episcopal Church, the first Black Episcopal Church in America. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I was just in Philadelphia um, for a conference, and um, me and my um, me and my right hand man said, since we in Philly, we we gotta go, we gotta go visit uh, the name of the church is Mother Beth, Mother Bethel. And it's um, so uh, Richard Allen <clears throat> after they were thrown out, uh, him and uh, Jones and uh, Morris Brown, who was the second bishop after Allen died, and 30 others uh, founded the AME Church. And it's funny, they brought a bought an old blacksmith um, shop, and the church is still on the original land that they purchased it on. Uh, beautiful church, beautiful museum inside of it. 
but it's funny. Uh, I read Richard Allen's autobiography, and just to show how how things were that day, he still wanted to have a good relationship with the Methodist Church. So um, as as the church began to grow, um, there were multiple times that the church, even though they were put out, even though Richard Allen and and, and the blacks were put out, that the United Methodist Church tried to steal their building. They said, okay, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got a lawyer for you. Yeah, yeah, we have a lawyer for you. And the lawyer ended up snaking them out of there, trying to snake them out of their building. And they had to go to court multiple times um, just because of what was going on. Mind you, they were put out of the church, <laughs> put out, they, and they were literally excommunicated from the United Methodist um, um, denomination. They, they all were excommunicated. So along with that, being excommunicated, getting that scarlet letter, once you start your own, once you get your own building, you think you're moving forward. Oh, wait, no, we're going to pull you back and try to take your building. Mm-hmm. So, see, and this is another thing. And, and, and again, guys, Divided by Faith, and then this other book, I, I would love for you guys to read just the history of, of white evangelicals and, 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 uh, and blacks. I want to read this other thing that's very encouraging that encouraged me to. Um, you know, when I read this book, two denominations, the Assemblies of God and also the <laughs> Southern Baptist Convention actually partnered up. Uh, first thing, Assemblies of God in 94, they partnered up with uh, the Church of God in Christ, predominantly black mm-hmm. congregation. Mm-hmm. And they went to Memphis. Memphis was where basically headquarters was, right? Oh, yeah, and, still is. Right. Well, St. Louis is now. Oh, they move. Oh, okay. They, okay. Yeah, they, they meet in St. Louis. Uh, but in 94, the Assemblies of God, which is a predominantly white denomination, actually uh, brought all the people uh, in the Kojic or Church of God in Christ denomination and repented of their sins against black Pentecostal brothers and sisters. Hmm. L- let me say this. There's white listeners right now who are thinking, man, what? Why do these? Why are these guys just dwelling in the past? You know, so that stuff happened. We 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 get it. But but look today, you know those those guys they they they, they could come and they wouldn't get kicked out of church today. They they're, they're no balcony for blacks anymore. You know, so right. So so get over it. And and here's what needs to be understood. Here's what needs to be very very understood. Well, there's a lot of things that need to be understood. But those acts that happen, those acts of blacks being putting segregated seating and blacks being you know removed from white churches uh with, man that and that happened all the way up john perkins had that happen to him in 1970 you know and i mean so don't, don't act like that just happened in the 1700s either but the fact that these these black denominations uh they they never would have existed these black uh seminaries they they never and uh, churches they never would have existed before and I'm not knocking the gift of the black church. I'm saying all those gifts were supposed to have been in the in the church. There was there never was supposed to be a black church or a white church. And so today, when you fast forward and you see how segregated our entire society is, and the church only perpetuates it, the church does not make any of that better. Uh, guys, we started it. The, those right. acts started it. And so we can't just act like the way things are now is how it's supposed to be. It's not how it's not supposed to be the way. It's supposed to be now, and so we need to do something about it. And, and I just, 
It's yeah. not about music preference. It's not about preaching style and music <laughs> preference. Stop saying that. People say that. Oh, just pastor the people God gives you. No. No, you don't just pastor the you, 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 we're reconcilers of sin. That's what the gospel does. And that's what we that's mm-hmm. what we need to do. Yeah, if you look at if you look at the 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 original church, the first church uh, explosion in Acts, the thing that was so beautiful and the thing that drew people by the thousands was the fact that Jews and Gentiles, people who hated each other for hundreds of years, had wars. There was bloodshed. Right. You know what I'm saying? There was bloodshed, literal bloodshed between Jews and Gentiles. Worship the the, the Greeks worship many different gods, and now they are worshiping together, worshiping one savior. And 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 people of different socioeconomic levels, the the master worshiping with his servant. You know, and they're and they're equal in Christ. Um, that was that was the 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 big the big uh, witness to the original church, and that's why people were um, drawn to it by the thousands, as opposed to you know now we're just all kind of worshiping with people that look and act just like us. That's right. why the American that's church, right. I believe, I believe that's the main reason the American church is is in, in is in a decline. In our country, and you look all around the world, it's great revival happening. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's and it's not just the decline of the church. It's that's the reason white Christians always say, "I only know white. I only know white people." Right? I, I it's just that's just who I'm around. That's who I hang out with. What do I do? You know? Uh, I had someone recently ask me. You know, they know about our podcast. They know about my blogging blog that I blog a lot about race, and you should check out my blog sometimes. <sighs> He's in rare form today, man. Yeah. Sounds like Republican. Um, <laughs> all white people are Republicans. That's right. All white Christians. I literally thought that. Ma- all, all white Christians. Make America, make America blog again. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, so this friend of mine who works at a church, he said, basically he said to me, and they're out in the suburbs, he said, how do we get our church to be multiracial? Kind of like what we're doing at Crossroads. And I said, well... It's not, it's not easy. I said you got to be prepared to lose probably, you know, thirty to forty percent of your congregation. <laughs> right. First. Um, and you got to talk about issues like police brutality and, uh, you know, racial injustice and, and mass incarceration from the pulpit. And uh, he was like, ah, we don't want to go that stuff. Anyway, I, I gave a teaser at the beginning about Billy Graham. Um, I want to wrap that thought up before we move on Sorry, Billy. from this topic. But uh, before I do, I found another fun fun fact. Many know D.L. Moody, uh, Moody Bible Institute, and, and many Moody, oh boy. Uh, the many Moody you know, uh, uh, ministries. But this, it's just important to know. This was, this was during the uh, racist time. Let's see. Uh, I don't know what year Moody was, but this, this is in the section. Here we go. He's, he's looking in his book, everybody. It Sorry. A, it was pre-1917, I can tell you that. But D.L. Moody, uh, he held revival meetings in the South that were segregated. So when he did his revivals, uh, he, he preached separately to blacks that he would preach to whites. Holy <laughs> Sunday was the turn of the century. Uh, followed, so D.L. Moody would have been in late 1800s, then Billy Sunday did the same thing, and you might just think, yeah, that's what they did back in the 1900s. And the point of the book is, this is always how evangelicals have responded to this. They've always responded with evangelism is all that matters, uh, doesn't, and then nothing else matters. And so, Billy Graham mm-hmm. did his rallies in the South, and most everyone knows Billy Graham. You know, my dad, uh, in his 20s, came to know Christ, 
accepted the gospel by turning Billy Graham on the TV and accepting Christ. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Right? But at the, at yeah. the exact same time, because again, it wasn't Jesse Jackson. This is back, <laughs> this is back to the question that we don't have a sin problem, or we don't, sorry, we don't have a race problem, we have a sin problem, we need Jesus. Well, my dad accepted Jesus in a very real transformative way, and I'm here as a believer because of that, because of God working in Billy Graham in that way. Meanwhile, Billy Graham is holding segregated rallies when he goes to the South, and he, his, his literally quote, he says, um, we, we follow the existing social customs in whatever part of the country we minister. As far as, I've Lord been, have mercy. as far as I've been able to find in my study of the Bible, it has nothing to say about segregation or non-segregation. I came to Jackson to preach only the Bible and not to enter into local issues. This, this, wow. should, this should break our heart. This should break our heart. Um, and we need wow. to understand just the, this, is, this is how we got to where we are. This is our trajectory. Now later, uh, I don't know that 10 years later, whatever it was, years later, uh, Billy Graham repented of that, which is very cool. And the book talks about that on record. We but love you, Billy. We love you, Billy. Uh, but to, uh, take, to, take it a, to take it a step forward, to take it a, to take it a step uh, further than that, um, I can't remember what year it was, but when King was on his way to Birmingham, Alabama, um, nine white clergymen um, basically said, yep. no, nah, we good. Yep. No, nah, we good. We don't want you here. And Billy Graham actually spoke openly, discouraging Dr. King to go there and to do the um, to do a protest. And we know we we let we know of course Dr. King was arrested, and he wrote his now famous another must read letters from a Birmingham jail. But it, Billy Graham had a chance. Billy Graham had a, a a crystal clear opportunity to stand on the truth of Scripture yeah. that there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free, but we're one in Christ. He had a clear opportunity to do that and to show how everything always <laughs> it always comes back to this. John MacArthur. John MacArthur, I, I used to love John MacArthur. I just saw a YouTube clip um, a couple weeks ago. He said the same thing. Well, um, he was being interviewed by a, a young black guy, and he said, well, you know, I just I just preach the Bible. Mm-hmm. I, I just preach Jesus. I don't get into all those issues. I don't get into, I don't get into all that stuff. I just preach Jesus. Um, but he went on to say, well, you know, I, I did march with Dr. King, and I did march with my friend John Perkins in the 60s, but I don't preach that. I don't preach the gospel. I, I mean, I don't preach um, about race. I just preach the gospel. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you avoid Ephesians 2? Yeah. How do you avoid Colossians 3? How do you avoid Galatians, well, Galatians 3.28? Contextualizing the church and contextualizing the Bible to today, it's hermeneutics. It's saying these are the issues of our day. How does the kingdom yeah. of God, which Jesus talks about all the time, the kingdom of God was not getting to heaven. The kingdom of God was bringing God's rule and reign. Read the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.10. How do we get God's will done here? His kingdom happening mm-hmm. here? Contextualize that uh, there, Pastor MacArthur. You know, I mean, contextualize that to today. That's what we have to be preaching in our churches. Yeah. And I just, I know we got to wrap this up, but I would like to tell each and every pastor whether you you have a, a urban church or you're getting there or if you still have a predominantly white congregation and you understand these issues from the point of view of knowing that there is systemic racism 
you need to talk about these issues on the pulpit. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah, you just right. have to. Right. Even if you, you don't have, have a to. black person in your congregation. Yes. Talk about it. Yeah. And the reason for that is because, like you guys have mentioned before, if you live in Detroit, you can't go into Livonia without getting pulled over. Right. You know, uh, same thing around here with with the suburbs of Lansing. Holt. Um, I grew up in a white town, white high school, white church. Uh, I was deprived of having any person of color ever preach in my mm. church. I was been totally under, underdeveloped, undeveloped. And so when you never have that, when you never talk about these issues, when you never bring in people of color to preach at your church, you are depriving your congregation of being mature. That's right. Um, and so that's a great point to be made. Speaking of maturity, yo, we have a very mature power and essence among us. He's going to be upset. I'm telling you now. Not with me. Yeah, he ain't upset with me. I think we need to bring Black Superman in. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. The Black Superman who calls to the other guy. Catch me if you can. Well, well, well. <laughs> Well, I just want to greet my beautiful black brothers, and I smell this evil whiteness in our presence. Oh, you make you, that, that is your flatulence. Listen, last time we <laughs> talked, you kicked me off the show. No, last episode, I was lobbying to get, listen to the truth. You can, this is recorded. This is not a media embellishment. No, 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 no. This is not a media no. embellishment. It was before that. You told Kyle to mute. <laughs> now. Understand, understand the one afterward. Memory loss from all the alcohol consumption? Listen. Yes. Damage your brain cells. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Afterward, you ask everybody, hey, you know, uh, should we bring on Black Superman? I understand Tyler. He got kids. He started a new church. I I can understand. (laughs) I brought you an extra roll of toilet paper when you were in the stall. You had none left. And you know what? I got to count for something. And you know what? I stole the toilet paper afterward. (laughs) I used it and took some. Listen, That's exactly still, what I did. Do you still catch up from McDonald's, the little packets and straws? I steal employees from McDonald's <laughs> so they can make it at my lair. Wow. Wow. This is what happened last episode. I was prepping to bring you in. I was doing the little dance I do when your intro music's about ready to come on. And Tyler That's said, a very no. pathetic dance, too. Yeah. Tyler, very pathetic. Very pathetic Tyler, dance. Tyler That's said, right. no. We need to talk about Luke Cage instead of Black Superman. Luke Cage. Luke Cage Listen. is what we talked about, and that's who bumped you with Luke Cage. Listen. The white man made me do it. And Tyler the white said man Luke made me Cage do it. would kick your A word. Luke Cage is a story about me. A little white kid. He saw that bullets was flying off of me. I owed the drug dealer some money. He shot me, bullets flow off. This white little kid made a comic called Luke Cage. Luke Cage is supposed to be black Superman. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but you know, I I, I stole Netflix subscription from somebody and I've been watching. <laughs> and that brother- A black man offered that to me last week. What? To, that I could steal his Netflix, uh, but I told him that was stealing it. You go to jail for that. Brother, I had a conversation with 30 people about the show, and only one of them in the whole group actually had a subscription. <laughs> we were all using the same 
subscription. <laughs> so it's okay. Probably got it from our producer, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, we probably stole a phone and some white person was still logged in on Netflix. That's probably Pretty bad. much. <laughs> yeah. So what you, what'd you think of the show? You know, uh, I, I, I just... I think Luke Cage is pretty awesome. You know, I, look, the, the brother who they depicted, it just, it looks so much like me. It's beautiful. But I love how they talk about black issues. He didn't eat as much fried chicken as you eat. No, he. you know what? He don't eat as much fried chicken. And and that's one of the reasons why I was mad. I'm like, come on, man. A brother cannot be in New York and not eat fried chicken or some of the New mm-hmm. York hot dogs. I mean, this brother didn't eat nothing at all. He ate something one time. <laughs> I'm I'm listen, I'm a superhero and I eat every day. It's just not realistic. Tyler likes the uh, spicy Cheetos. I love hot Cheetos. F- of the hood. Flaming hot. That's right. Flaming hot. Get really it right. Get it. That's all we eat. Oh, uh, wow. Hot That's Cheetos. Racist. Wait. That was racist. That was racist. Flag on the play. See? Racist. See? I'm telling That's you. all they really eat in the hood. That's it. That's Don't it. Don't call me racist. This I'm very sensitive and fragile. Brother. I'm very <laughs> Let me tell you something. Don't use the R word. You so racist <laughs> that you can play every master in every slavery movie there was. <laughs> no script. Just say what you say on a daily basis. It will work. It'll work. That's right. It'll work. That's right. That's right. I I should read the text messages he sent me yesterday, but I won't do it. See, you know what? This brother, you know, he got it sometimes. He called you up, boy. Son. Yep. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? These are lies. Terrible. Kick me off the show because what? I was black. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. You mentioned Luke Cage one more time. I'm going to melt this whole church. Please don't melt the church. I'm going to melt the church. Is any black people here? Oh, Kyle, you go. Yeah, Kyle, go ahead. I'm going to keep it. It's like when Abraham prayed that God would save, <laughs> I believe it was Sodom or Gomorrah. And if there's only 50 righteous people, will you save it? And God said, okay. Yeah, man, I remember when that happened. That's kind of like black people in a white church. Listen, if I there's re- only five uh-oh. black people in a white church, <laughs> let me tell you, black man. Superman, will you not melt it down? Let me tell you a good story there's about that. Four. Let me tell you a story. So listen, I remember when that went down. Listen, so the white Superman, I told y'all, you man. He was, listen, getting a little funky? No, I'm going to tell you what happened. No, Lord. I'm going to tell you what happened. So the white Superman had, the white Superman said, hey, black Superman, I got a place we can go chill out. You know, I always thought white Superman was kind of funny. So we go to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And I said, hey, man, uh, I, I, I don't see no honeys around here. He said, yeah, you know. This, you know, I tried to tell you before. I said, no, man, I got to get out of here, right? So, man, as soon as I leave, I just see balls of fire hitting the city. And I said, man, and I looked, and I'm like, man, what's going on? Turns out who I was talking to in the woods was Lot. And then I just took his wife. I took what she turned into. I used it for some steak, man. It was the best salt I've ever had in my life. I mean, you can season a steak for days. I still can't replicate that, re- replicate that sauce. Oh my! But his daughters, something's wrong with his daughters. Something's really wrong with Lot's daughters. I'm telling you. Who knew, Tyler? Who knew? You learn something. New, you learn something new every day. I'm telling you. I'm this telling is you. Why, this is why we need 
I'm telling you. Diverse theologians. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, like, I like Lot, you know. I think he's a good dude. Abraham, little loony, but hey, who am I? Who are you, brother? Hey, who are we to judge, right? That's right. Who are we to judge? That's right. I mean, we don't judge you. Good. We're you all, should. We're all sinners saved by grace. That's right. And we're praying for you to get saved. We don't judge you. Yeah. You you shouldn't judge me. Yeah. You know, you should not judge me. You're immortal, so you have little chance of going to hell. I've been here forever, baby. But when Jesus comes back, you, you do, don't, you know, just, just play it cool, man. Just play it cool. You know, one, I don't talk about the Lord Jesus. I just, <laughs> I just don't. I seen him in action, all right, in my own life. That's true. You know. Come on, somebody. He the one Come who on. gave me this immortality. <laughs> Preach it. Like Superman. And, and, and what have you done with it? I mean, really? You, you know. You've kind of made a mess of your life. You know, I've, you, you I've really seen a lot. Been. I've seen a lot. I, I burned up. You've stolen a lot. I've stolen a lot. I've stolen a lot of cars. You know, I, I've saw a lot of white people. Drank a lot of malt liquor. That's right. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind for you. You know, I'm I'm yeah. trying to get my life right. A greater purpose. I had I had a phone conversation with Kyle. You need to read Joel. You need to read Joel Osteen and Creflo Dollar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, one thing about Joel Osteen, I tried to go to a service one time, and I could not. Uh, I, I, the whole time I'm wondering, this brother, he has a perfect face. <laughs> If white people needed to be in a picture dictionary, you should put Joel Osteen right there. And he has these amazing stories. I don't even remember what scriptures he used, just his stories. There weren't any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Now, uh, Tyler, what do y'all call that? A false, uh, false what? What do y'all call that? He, he's a heretic like Noah. Ah, uh, oh. that's right. That's Cause right. I'm, that's because we're both white. That's right. Tyler's kind of racist. That's right. No, Tyler ain't racist. Black people can't be racist. Thank you. Thank we you. We just recognize the racism that's been uh, happening towards us. That's it's called, it. It's called reverse Amen, racism, sir. and it's a double standard. It's a double Amen, standard. My, oh, I forgot. We in church. I can't, I can't say that. Thank you. Thank you. We'll bleep Thank out you. all the F-bombs. Okay. It's okay. Good. Man, you know I love being with y'all, but listen, I got a jet. I'm getting hungry. If it ain't black, it's whack. Peace. Love, soul, and chicken grease. Wait. Hey, no. Can I borrow $10 before I go? No. You cannot borrow any more money from me. You're only going to spend it on malt liquor. Now, get out of here. What about you, Tyler? You got $10. Hey, go up to the sidewalk. Lance, to get money. All right, man. Listen. I'm going to go to the sidewalk. Peace, love, soul, and chicken grease. Chicken grease. Wow. And with that, we will wrap up episode six of the Chopping It Up podcast. Bye, we Black Superman. would love your emails because we are insecure, lonely, and depressed. At the Chopping It no, Up just podcast you. at gmail.com. Chopping It Up podcast. I brought all the white people are emailing and adding a G to the Chopping, and that's why we're not getting their emails. <laughs> Stop adding. That's probably what it is. Chopping. Okay, guys. Follow us on iTunes and Podbean and write nice things Please. about us. And go visit my blog. Mad Monster coming out October 25th. Go get it. And go eat some spicy Cheetos with Tyler. Flaming hot. Flaming hot. What is wrong with Flaming hot Cheetos? And if you're in the Detroit metro area, my Tyler. homeboy Tyler just opened up a church. Go get a napkin. Yeah, go get a napkin and then get a baby wipe and wipe off all that neon red from your nasty beard. I'm out. Wow. <laughs>